Welcome to the Guitar Almany Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Our guest here is Alan Murns. He is a notorious scalawag, also a songwriter, guitarist, and composer living in Hickory, North Carolina. How you doing, Alan? Doing good. Carl, how's it going? It's, it's going great. Really, really happy to have you have you here today. Happy to and, be hot. Uh, <laughs> so you you've got some interesting stuff going on. Um, I think the 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 the, the most pressing and most immediate thing is, is this fantastic new Bach recording. And we, we should definitely talk about this. So tell Absolutely. us about your new Bach recording and these really crazy arrangements you've done. Um, well, you know, I guess I've always uh, wanted to do a, a Bach recording, you know, been kind of like uh, obsessed with Bach since I was like kind of a 12 year old kid. Nice. And uh yeah, it just started to kind of take a life of its own, I guess, you know. Um, so it was really like my mom was like, I, I've been doing these uh, songwriting things, you know, with my other stuff. <clears throat> and my mom's like, I'd really like you to do a classical recording. Alan. <laughs> so I wanted to do something kind of for my mom, you know. Nice. And al- also for my teachers, you know, Stanley and Doug. Yeah. And, who've uh, invested you know in me but you know it was just a certain point where I guess about five years ago or I used, I just got really you know into that and uh, in terms of the arrangements it just you know took a life of its own really you know I can't yeah. really explain it things just kind of occur you know yeah and I'm responding to like a kind of inner imperative you know yeah so on, on this recording, you get you got the first cello suite prelude, and you got the the, the first yeah. suite, and the yeah. C major is it the C major violin? Sonata? Yeah, yeah, the third yeah. violin sonata. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the, the Chacon. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of well-tempered clavier. Yeah, that's right. They, which are very, very, very cool. Very cool. And if, yeah. you know, you you've got the videos out there on YouTube for people to find. Um, yeah. So what? And I, you know, the the, the arrangements are really different. Like they're they're highly innovative. They're I, I think it reflects a much different approach to what I perceive as as guitarists, right? Traditionally, typically doing when they when they approach box music, and I I, I, I want to pick your brain on that. So what which which piece <clears throat> did you which piece did you range range first, and how did you how did you kind of how did you develop this, um, this approach well, for arranging? Well, I guess some of them are, they're, they're kind of different. They're, you know, and when we're arranging things like this, there's two different basic um, things. There's either there's kind of reduction mm-hmm. or um, expansion, you know? Yeah. So obviously with the, uh, the first lute suite, I recorded that first um, okay. quite, quite a few years ago, okay. um, a couple of years ago. And uh 
so it was it was really um nothing too crazy with that although you know the you know, the, the well actually the, the very first phrase yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, holy right <laughs> well that, that's a funny so, and we should explain we should explain for the listeners if they haven't heard it um yeah an octave higher than than well i, I think it's just in the original octave yeah. i think it's just right. in the yeah, actual right. original right. octave and that i guess that's something that you know i i just had my little julian breen green book yeah you know where <laughs> he actually picked it up back in belfast ages ago and you know i've always been in love with that that first lute suite yeah originally with julian bream in fact before i could even uh read music you know i, I taught myself to read music again when i was about 14 or 15 okay and I actually kind of arranged the beret by ear, you know, I kind of plucked oh, out yeah, each, yeah. you know, line, you know, and because the counterpoint was a bit much. And then I kind yeah. of did a version of it by ear. And I was like, oh, God, I have to learn, <laughs> learn how to read music again. Because, you know, I grew up playing the violin, you know, okay. and then I changed to a Whittly Whittly guitar yeah. when, I was, uh, <laughs> when I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. Because it was much cooler than the violin. So... <laughs> Yeah, and then I became obsessed with Bach kind of through the electric guitar kind of. Okay, know? yeah. Um, because Vinnie Murr, the, one of the Whiddly Whiddly Shredder guitarists, yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he wrote in his uh, notes, you know, the, the kind of thanking notes. He was like, uh, thank you, my wife. Thank you to such and yeah. such. And, and thank you to Johann Sebastian Bach for all yeah. the inspiration. Nice. And so I was like, well, who's this Bach guy, you know? So... <laughs> I, so I went to the cassette store and bought this wee Bach Concertos, um, uh, you know, cassette that had sure. the double violin concerto yeah, and the yeah. chromatic. It had the chromatic fantasy and fugue. I don't know why it's not a concerto, but, um, <laughs> but I, you know, it was just kind of like, it was so amazing that yeah. it almost like I left behind all that kind of shreddy stuff eventually, probably because of that and wanted to be a classical yeah. guitarist. Um, you know, I had my, one of my dad's friends from Germany had studied with Elliot Fisk. Okay. My dad's like a, a preacher and he kind of started this radical church in Belfast and uh, wow. kind of a hippie church. And uh, so this guy from Germany was backpacking and, and, and this guy was a friend of his and he brought me this cassette of Elliot Fisk playing like oh, okay. plays fantasies and then that just kind of blew my mind, you know, I was like, it sounds like four guitar players, you know, right. I want to do that, you know? Yeah. So, um, I kind of went from wanting to be Steve Vai to yeah. Elliot Fisk. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the Julian Breen book, you know, obviously that Julian Breen recording was very like moving to, it was the first, it was one sure. of the first, uh, classical guitar things that really like moved me, you know? Uh -huh. Um, it's like, I guess that's Saraband particular. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, I had my wee Julian Bream book and, but it always used to bug me that um, he had in the prelude where you have to tune your guitar down yeah, in the middle yeah. of the piece, you know, it's right, like, right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was a bit bizarre. So I was trying to find just kind of a, a confluent, you know, um, and, and it was just this nice idea on that Passaggio thing to sure. be able to kind of bless the guitar from yeah. the highest note down yeah. to the lowest note, you know, as it without kind of um, splitting the octaves or anything. So, uh, you know, it's just a very powerful. Um, and in fact, if uh, 
you know, had a gun pointed to me, you know, and you know, which <laughs> which kind of lute suite or, or guitar piece would you play? I would definitely choose that one of the lute suites, you know. Yeah. Because even that opening prelude was always oh, very tremendous. powerful to me as a piece yeah. of music, that kind of yeah. um, fantastic style mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all the four two chords. Yep, yep. Um, so that really affected me. In the same way, actually, that Elliot Fisk recording, he, he recorded this um, Vice Fantasy, yeah, yeah. which is the same kind of Germanic right. vocabulary sure. as the Bach, you know? And it was just all those four two chords and stuff just really, mm-hmm. like, moved me you know and yeah. uh so yeah I, I guess it's a wee bit of there's a funny wee julian bream thing in there too because uh in the sarah band i played from his julian bream's version and it's got this uh wrong note in it <laughs> it's infamous <laughs> there's like an f natural you know there should be yeah, a, yeah, yeah, an yeah, f yeah, sharp yeah. Right, and right, Stanley right. was like, what was that? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? What was that? That's the, that's the chord. That's He's like, that's not the right chord. <laughs> so it's like a B minor chord, but it's like becomes a B diminished chord. So right, right. In, in light of my, you know, favorite guitar player dying recently, you know, it's a nice little, um, I guess, homage to Julian Green. <laughs> <laughs> have Julian Bream's wrong note. That's fantastic. <laughs> in, in there for, for good. So anyway, that's the yeah. first Lucy. So I did that first, yeah. you know, and and then I was like, well, I'll have these other couple of pieces and that I had known since I was about 18 or so, a long yeah. time. Like the C major sonata. I'd played sure. that for ages and the Chaconne, I knew that for ages. And I was like, well, I'll just do those other two and then I'll have like a Bach recording you know yeah so when when you say you you had been playing the the violin sonata and the, the chaconne for ages were you, were you playing other arrangements or were you had you arranged yeah just the ba- so, just yeah. the basic kind of yeah. thing you know just like anyone uh plays them i i, I had played the chaconne in my yeah. you know in in school you know in yeah. college sure and, and, uh, and so it, it, how what what took you from doing that to the really like much i would say just really different arranging style um well um i had a it sounds really weird but actually you know i actually had this dream that really yeah i was at i was at my in-laws house and i just had my like steel string guitar with me because i would just go and like write songs you know they they lived out in the cumberland plateau in Tennessee and we're looking at this big forest, you know, it's a very quiet yeah. place, you know, a great place to write songs and stuff. So we were up there for a week or so. And, uh, and I, I just had this like very lucid dream. Like yeah. I was playing the Chaconne yeah. in E minor. Okay. Right. And it was just so clear in my dream. It just sounded yeah. really good. And, and, and Stanley, Stanley Yates, um, is who's uh you know kind of like my guitar hero but he's also yeah. one of my best friends you know what i mean yeah so he's he's like it's weird relationship because he's like you know to me he's like my second favorite guitarist other than julian yeah. bream sure but he uh but he's also just like a really close friend and you studied both, with both, him right yeah i did my master's degree with him okay so we're from very similar part of the world you know sure he's just a stone's throw away um I'm from Belfast and he's from yeah. the north of England and Preston. 
Lancashire. So um, he had, when I was studying with him, he he had shown me his, he had arranged the Chaconne in E minor, you minor, know, yeah, yeah. And, and he was trying to kind of foist it on me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they use the word foist, you know? Yes. Curb your, quite a foister. He's, he's, you he's, remember he's, from he's, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. But um, so he, he was showing me this and I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. You know, we had this like discussion about it. We we're going out for a pint or something. And, uh, and we were talking about tattoos. And he's like, he's like, if I was going to get a tattoo, I would get Chacon E minor on my knuckles, you know? So it was kind of really remember pissing myself laughing. But, um, so, you know, it, and he was kind of showing me, but I had already known the Chacon, you know, I was playing it. I actually played it for the, the jury and stuff there. Yeah. And, you know, when some, it's it's a difficult proposition to learn something but but in this dream it was like very clear i was like oh my gosh and i woke up and got my steel string larvae and yeah and i was playing and i was like oh this this is like a guitar piece now you know right. it was yeah, like yeah. it was like it had recovered from allergy season you know and it was Love just it. like yeah. boom you know all the open yeah. strings and stuff and so I, I emailed stanley and i was like and he had done this very just kind of more of a literal version sure. of it you know with yeah. just a few ebs notes and stuff very clean and beautiful you know and so I, I was just like can you send me your version of the chacon again you know so if you still have that and so and, and he had done one afterwards in b minor you know he was all excited oh about you know he, he tuned the you know the d down to d and, and it's had right. this big kind of and so he's like yeah so I, I was just learning it in e minor and uh just kind of had plans to just do that you know and yeah. do the c major one that i kind of already had in my fingers yeah but then um i guess some things just started to occur you know to me you know and um just in order to kind of i don't know so to make it a bit of a guitar piece you know and, yeah yeah and uh and and some of the things that i've been experimenting with or, or um, you know i listen to a lot of bach right. just for my own soul sake you know sure, so sure i would say i listen to something by bach like every day yeah um so it was just kind of came out like that you know yeah um, I, well it, it's I, I think it's one of the things that i'm wondering about and it's interesting to me to hear you talk about your experience being exposed to bach i think a lot of times you know guitarists are exposed to that music by hearing other guitarists play it and that's right right you know well, the first thing the only exposure to it you know yeah um so so the first things i was get, exposed to were like the double violin concerto right and then the violin so the, the other violin concerto sound the, 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 the mass and b minor yeah. the saint john's passion yeah and uh you know obviously all the well-tempered clavier and stuff so yeah, yeah i mean part of it, when I'm hearing some of the stuff that's kind of just linear, I'm hearing something to me that sounds, I don't know, almost like a kind of a shorthand that yeah. Bach is doing, you know, um, and that's something that may not necessarily be accurate. You know, I might be wrong. And so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care if people, right. they can like it or not like it, well, but I don't. So the last time I checked, there, there are no questions of ethics or morality in music. 
Right. Well, well, we also have we also have Bach's own tendencies of expansion um, when he when he arranges his own music and when he say extrapolates on a Vivaldi concerto that he likes or Marcello, and uh, and so when you when you hear it's he's also kind of not really like um, like our idea of a composer is different. I think you know he's uh, he's kind of like a like a scientist of music in some levels, yeah, obviously, like and that, not, yeah. not just like sure. uh, Chopin or right. Debussy where everything is very exacting and yeah. this is exactly what I want. Um, he, it's like music itself. That's what yeah. Bach is, you know? So when it's we- It's constant experimentation, you know? Yeah, but, it, but it's like just music itself. So if he writes a line, there's like an answer to, what the other things are happening just the answer is the triad right that, that is in the context of the harmonic movement you know sure. so you know there's there's kind of obvious things i think you know through imitation through um you know or just the harmonic necessity of yeah. what should be happening so if, if you've listened to the bach machine enough you know how right. he kind of <laughs> draws things out you can i guess you can kind of develop your own Bach machine yeah not not as well some some people can actually just improvise fugues in Bach style and they really have that kind of developed um so so we can kind of learn from him in a sense and so so I guess I have a problem with that you know that Mm -hmm. that I want to to make it new or, or or once I start doing something it's like with the Chaconne um and you do something that that necessitates itself or occurs to you one of the the variations then you're kind of like well let me try this other variation it seems very sparse and i have to solve this one so each one of the variations there were like little children or little vertebrae of something that that i have to solve or or it has to occur you know and so these are things that are happening once once you start pulling that thread at all yeah yeah exactly so so i guess i was just trying to to do something where um really you get the sense of when something's a single line it's you know it's hard to kind of um obviously on the violin it makes total sense but i think on the guitar one of the strongest things we have which drew me to classical guitar like I was saying with the Elliot Fisk recording was, is just counterpoint, you know, right. it's just so right. beautiful on the guitar yeah. and uh, you know, it's not um, sometimes listening to the harpsichord is because it can be a right. little wear, wearing, you know, cause of yeah. the double, the double strings. And uh, the guitar is just one of the rare instruments. That's just beautiful to listen to. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> well, well, it is. You are right. If you can make if you can make beautiful noises on it, but I, I, I notice. You know, I don't know if you notice this too on the classical, you know, radio stations. I, I see like this rapid increase in classical guitar. Yeah, kind of popping yeah, up because because there's basically like the piano, um, the guitar, the harp. Yeah. These, these are the instruments that as a solo instrument sound very beautiful and you can listen right. to it for a long period of time and they're so contained yeah wear worn out you know yeah yeah sure so i think that that's uh what well, a big thing we have going for us 
And uh, so the counterpoint is a big part of that, obviously. The, and the guitar is so complex in its, um, its kind of frequency mm -hmm. response. I don't know if, if you analyzed it, how insane it would yeah. be. But so yeah, just yeah. two voices on the guitar is, is a right. lot. You know, right. it's a lot of information and very, very, and there's something very um, ancient also mm -hmm. and kind of um, ephemeral about it. Yeah, yeah that we have to kind of get out so so with the chacon it was a, it was a bit like that i was like kind of drawing out something that that is maybe even uh harkens to the origin of the chacon sure. itself which oh, is a guitar yeah. form right, right from right. south yeah, america yeah. that this the spanish yeah. brought back and uh, and so i couldn't help but think of it in those terms as well as this That's kind fun. of yeah. slightly ancient thing and what is yeah, this yeah. you know as, as a, a stressed second beat kind of kind uh -huh. of a, a sexy dance i guess it was right, you right. know sure sure and and i somehow think of bach writing that for his deceased wife you know yeah. um, kind of encapsulating her memory yeah in that and her kind of arguing with god you yeah. know during that loss um which must have been significant. So, you know, that's why I called the record Say Solo, you know. Which, right, right, right. Which can, has that double entendre of meaning yeah. six solo or six on a company, but also the uh, the kind of impair, you know, the, well, the indicative yeah. form of, you know, you are alone, you know, in right. Italian of the verb to be. Right. So. Um, which is which itself could be a, you know, a play on words as well, you know, the, the right right yeah you are now alone yeah um yeah. so he so you know i kind of have that theory about the the chacon um is it also being kind of a religious work to yeah in a parallel as a kind of a passion uh sure. christ you know the crucifixion but you know which is kind of in the piece as well which is one of the strange things that kind of occurred to me I'd, i always was a little bit um and uh, confused or uh not satisfied mm -hmm. by the different sections when it would just kind of end and then people would just go bling you know right like right, this major course. thing like it's a new piece or something yeah so i had this kind of like little instinct that relates to the last variation of the minor section uh-huh which so a little bit of a theory that the bach had indeed finished the piece you know right and when you look at that first minor section, it really is like a perfect chacon. Right. In, in, in a form sense, it's more perfect than the actual chacon. <laughs> right. Because it has it, it builds perfectly. It has the overture. It builds through this kind of labyrinth right. section. It has the virtuosic scales, arpeggios, more, you know, and then it recaps to the overture type right. area. So and then it also ends on the 33rd variation. That's right. Which right, is kind yeah. of like the life of Christ. Right. But, but his wife, all, sure. yeah, his, his wife also died at the age of 33. Ah. And uh, so huh. when I kind of had this instinct to, instead of just ending on the unison, like it's mm -hmm. written for the violin, perhaps out of right. the technical limitations in D minor, I had this kind of instinct to do a, uh, you know, like many people do, you know, yeah. when you listen to serious harpsichords do this yeah. all the time where it isn't written um, to kind of extrapolate a suspension, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of, mm -hmm. and then 
to end that on that kind of Picardy third. Right, right. Which is the beginning also of the new section. So, so I had this kind of idea to do that, but, but when you listen to the the very last variation, that's what the variation is. It's just a Mm -hmm. series of appoggiaturas Mm -hmm. that resolve into the third. Right. And so that last one is almost just a part of the variation that comes before it. Sure. I guess that's what, why sure. it occurred to me. Yeah. So then that kind of brings you into a rhetorical um, meaning to, to the, to the whole like major section, because, you know, obviously in those, those kind of times you have uh, sometimes there's just a piece that, that, that follows a certain, uh, you know, mood or whatever, affectation, right. uh-huh. um, doctrine of affections or whatever that stuff. But, um, but then there's a lot of times too, to where there's a kind of a, uh, a kind of a rhetorical challenge to the previous yeah. idea, you know, right. to, to bolster the argument or to, mm-hmm. so you have something that um, happens and then you have something that brings in a kind of a rhetorical doubt perhaps, you know? Sure. So, so usually um, I remember I was in the, chiropractor to illustrate this i was getting my, my, back, my back worked on and you know when they put the wee uh, ice packs on you you know yeah. to get you ready for the yeah. adjust, adjustment or whatever and they're playing this kind of um you know non-challenging music just kind of right. cal- calming music and so they had this kind of new age cd of classical pieces and uh they had the famous uh f major uh concerto the keyboard okay. concerto yeah, yeah yeah the one that hey jude comes from right 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 so they had that playing but what was funny is that they only played the a section Oh my gosh! Okay. You know, so right, it goes, right. da, 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 you know, when it goes right, into yeah, the yeah. diminished minor section, the yeah. rhetorical doubt they they didn't yeah, they avoided that yeah. because <laughs> that's going to bring attention to right. people's yeah. spi- spinal muscles <laughs> for some reason. Um, so anyway, in a lot of these pieces, that's that's kind of the form in, in right. longer pieces is to bring some kind of uh, challenge to the previous sure. idea in just terms of argumentation so i you know when with the chaconne if it's if it the the whole first part is is uh you know this kind of uh despair and despondency Mm -hmm. and frustration and um you know pat the darker kind of human Mm -hmm. emotions Mm -hmm. then there's this kind of beautiful um which is unusual because usually it starts with the the uh, ebullient and the exultant with Bach, yeah. right? But yeah, yeah. but this yeah. one is starting very small and almost just you know yeah. exactly completely yeah. introspective, and then so perhaps there's this thing where like oh have I challenged this like and there's this yeah. little ember of hope you know perhaps in yeah. the afterlife or you know and and then that little ember gets blown on. And it and it starts to rise, so it's like a rising thing, um, mm-hmm. which you know, obviously, with the the, uh, the perhaps the ascension of Christ or something, sure. or the the soul, and it rises up into this uh, into the seven heavens and the, yeah. these uh, cherubic choirs and trumpets, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. which which are you know obviously symbolic in his work of that, and then 
there's a certain point where the kind of the clock strikes 12 right <laughs> the minor section and he's yeah. thrown back to deal with the this temporal kind of existential loss yeah and then it kind of develops a little mini chacon as well towards the fanfare and the recapitulation right, right, right. so there's that kind of stuff that you're you start to deal with and encounter as you live with a piece for a very long time and uh, you start to notice even in the single lines that you, you sense certain stylistic things because it's also mm -hmm. kind of a tour of box style sure so you have you encounter the vivaldi bach the italian influences the virtuosic violin stuff obviously right. and then you encounter things that maybe remind you of uh saint matthew's passion right or saint john's passion yeah. you know um in, in terms of so that would influence me um just on an, an instinctive level that um sure. oh this is what i hear from this single line <clears throat> so you know but that's just my own inner <laughs> in, inner imperative there's no right. i don't have any defense of it right. oh, sorry well i don't I, I don't think you need it i don't think yeah you exactly of it you know well you know when you're dealing um, with bach you know some people will want to hang you from the rafters <laughs> yeah well the, if you life's too short for that, that kind of nonsense you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, you know part of it too is and i think it's all just a, it's just an experiment right it's like let, let's let's see let's yeah like, exactly it, it's it's let's, this let's what if follow, yeah well, let's follow this yeah. idea out see what comes of it exactly you know? and and i think in, in the case of, of your arrangement of the chacon i mean like yeah, something came of it. Like there it is, you know. Yeah, and and, and it and it, it, you're right. It but and it and that's where I kind of live. I kind of yeah. live in this what if or what. And I love it. Could it's I great. do this? And, and, um, and the other thing about it, and you know, it's funny because I've, I've 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 had many uh, discussions with Stanley about this, um, about his Bach arrangements, you know, and and, yeah. and I kid him about it. And I, I'm not really serious about it, but I, I kid him about it in 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 terms of like, oh, you know, you're just you're just trying to make a statement. You're just trying to like rub people's <laughs> feathers on purpose, you know. Um, and I don't really believe that, but it, but I it, the thing is, it's like with your with, with with your project and your arrangements. I listening to it, I never got the feeling of you know you're not trying to crack the earth open and and like you know no I, I was uh, yeah this is again, just, it just my it own like yeah it just seemed like you my own necessity yeah playing with it and saying hey let's let's check this out this is really cool let's let's check yeah. this out and trying to do that at the same time create something that's logical sure and you know that, that, that makes sense that that you know yeah those, so those things are happening and they're also just happening through the hands as well yeah. i'm doing it by ear and responding to what the guitar can do obviously when right. you do an e minor it gives you a lot more options because sure. like i said it's like the guitar recovers from those d minor allergies <laughs> you know where the first chord is this you know like yeah. what do you think is better the first chord yeah. being this or this you know yeah, of course so yeah, yeah. um so it's very so you have a lot of things and and when i play in that style too i'm trying to get that kind of fantasy style yeah. that that where cpe bach talks about it where they would remove the stop from the uh -huh. um thing and i wrote about it in the forward of the edition yeah. too you know and beethoven obviously with his fantasies and the moonlight sonata where yeah. he's kind of this neo-baroque type you yeah, know it's yeah. not really a sonata sure. form you know it's like his fantasizing he's improvising yeah. 
making yeah, yeah. shit up, you know? So he, uh, you get this kind of sound on the guitar, which, which, um, was very much I've inherited from Stanley, you know, which when I yeah, very, yeah. when I first heard him play, which is still like my favorite concert I've ever seen where he played two cello suites yeah. and two rock pieces, step uh-huh. on rock pieces uh-huh. that were just, and it was just the most mesmerizing um, yeah. virtuoso thing I've ever seen. And that sound he had were the campanella kind of fingering so so to me that kind of uh sound is is just isn't like a special sound it's just the sound of the guitar right sure sure my ideal sound of the guitar so when i'm up there parked up in the fifth position or the seventh position there's a lot of things that you can um reach you know in the kind of higher branches of the guitar yeah in terms of uh counterpoint and stuff so there's that element too of just kind of finding things and uh and you know and they just kind of necessitated themselves too carl there was nothing yeah. like you know i was just trying to like like you said just like hear things and then i was yeah. actually really nervous when i went and visited stanley you know <laughs> i hadn't seen him in a while and i was showing him some chopin things i'd done and yeah beethoven and stuff and then yeah. i was like uh i was like well, what do you think about this you know this yeah. And he and he was like thankful. I was expecting him to be like, uh, I'm not sure. About <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have a pint of whatever he's drinking. Yeah. But um but he was really like encouraging. And yeah. he was like, absolutely, just go, you know. So he was encouraging me, you know, I guess what I would consider like the spirit of Bach, right. which is one of like fecundity and expansion. Right. I, I think of Bach as like this the like this ambassador from the infinite. Yeah, like oh, that's the, fantastic. Whatever, yeah. whatever he could do, like he could take right. just that cello prelude yeah. and it could become like this big Via Lobos choir. Yeah, yeah. So when I hear like the cello prelude, I've always heard that like implication. Like he wouldn't just repeat something. You know, if you hear like the sixth Brandenburg concerto yeah. or the, it's just constantly ping-ponging and imitation yeah. and, yeah. you know, and it could just expand forever. Right. he had more players yeah. because it's so right. much like the science of music itself it's just triadic harmony mm-hmm. and it will sound good and it will just keep going <laughs> forever until yeah. it overtakes the whole universe yeah. so um that, that i i also I, hear ambassador things ambassador of the infinite i love that that's fantastic yeah so yeah <laughs> and then when i did the um when i kind of did the chacon i actually had different versions of the chacon yeah. that where um i you know i would just send them to stanley and he's like oh it's brilliant blah 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 and then i had one version <laughs> was funny where um i kind of finished it all and i'd recorded it and edited it and everything and and he was like oh you're gonna have to record it again you know because you, you over dotted that first opening oh. you know and i was like and i was just kind of like radio silence for a day and i was like really um bastard but but he was right he, he was yeah. obviously right you know um and so even though there's a lot of harpsichordists would have done the same and sure. the, the, but then what, I, what i'd realized too i was like well i hadn't really done much to the major section okay and i hadn't really given it the business so 
but I, but I was, you know, it wasn't like I decided to, you know, I have to do something here. I was just like, well, let me try some things here. And then it just took a life of its own. And I give the same treatment, you know, to that sure. section yeah. as well before I arrived at the, the thing itself, you know. So it had a couple of manifestations, you know, over the, the four years or so. Yeah. Okay. That. And, so, uh, when you, so you, you've been working on it for four years. Is that the whole project or just the Chacon? Uh, well, the Chacon really, um, the Chacon obviously took a lot more time. Right. Um, and get, kind of having things to come out in this kind of my, what was personally kind of an ideal way of how, yeah. how to even play it and how to right. <laughs> hear, hear music like this kind of, a, there's a certain kind of sound that I want that that is a, a baroque kind of affectation that that is signs of that time but sure. is is emotional you know is right. kind of like has a passion to it but isn't romantic you know in a sense right. so there's a lot of listening to you know stuff you know and trying to find that kind of what is the the what do you lean into mm -hmm. um with the phrasing and stuff and, and the dialogues but yeah, so, and then some of the other stuff um, was, I'd already recorded the first loot suite, but then um, the, you know, with the C major sonata, mm -hmm. it was almost like, well, I, in, out of my own unconsciousness or uh, conscience, you know, my musical conscience, it was more mm -hmm. just like, Alan, you can't just leave that, you know. <laughs> because I have to do that as well. So I went through this whole kind of, uh, you know, period of the fugue has these, it's Bach's longest fugue he wrote yeah. for any solo yeah, yeah. instrument. And so it also kind of carries the rhetorical purpose through, from the Chaconne, you know, because right. the adagio kind of rises out of the Chaconne, yep. like these yep. kind of Gothic church bells, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and so you kind of hear, um, and then if, anyway, so I, <laughs> I did the, uh, the, the fugue kind of thing, um, because it has all these episodes, which are very violinistic and single lines like the Chacon, mm -hmm. but, and I was like, well, these have to be kind of addressed too, you know, and support. So, so that long, waiting for the right thing to um, occur to me I added those things and and added a few bolstering uh things to the general fugue sure um so you could hear certain things like a kind of a timpani at the end mm -hmm. you know, with that kind of mm -hmm. dominant pedal and things yep. that I think if Bach could have a good if he was a guitar player he might right. occur to him and then the the uh the Largo I kind of had this desire to do this kind of pizzicato type of company, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I ended up kind of figuring out, you know, with just retouching with a thumb very yeah. quickly. And so, the, and then the Allegro Asai, which I had, had always just tried to, I uh, had the kind of Campanella type fingerings for that to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to play it very fluidly, Yeah, which I always played it like, um, Cause I was like, well, you know, you hear like Hillary Hahn play it and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost like this prestissimo Paganini yeah. thing or something. Sure, so I was like, sure. I gotta be able to play it as fast as Hillary Hahn. <laughs> but then, but then there was a certain point where I was like, no, this is a piece of music, right. you know? <laughs> and so, 
Yeah. I had this kind of idea to, I heard it differently, just like the yeah. cello prelude or sure. the other stuff where um, there was a, you know, there, there, I heard it more just like one of the Brandenburg concertos or yeah. something yeah. in my head. And, and well, then it, it gets, it gets around to the, like you said, it gets around to the essence of what, what's happening in the music. Yeah. I, I heard right, the I music. It was like very yeah. cheerful. It wasn't, it wasn't like very, very, very fast. Yeah, it was like right. Allegro Asai. It was like, extremely yeah. joyous and I, and I think I think there's there's this attitude of, commonly I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say everyone but like in, and certainly I think we all fall victim victim to this at times you know where it's fast so we, we want to flex our chops you know it's like you, for you know, sure you, there's that kind of inner you know, there's a yeah it, you know there's an inner 12 year old right exactly. just this kind yeah. of like adolescent like uh yeah. look at me at guitar center right yeah you know? exactly yeah. I, you know and i you know i was when i was 12 you know i wanted to be steve Vai. you know sure and that was a part of my life but but yeah there so there's also a resistance to that obviously when you yeah. when you enter into the realms of trying to be an artist you're trying to right. follow the inner kind of heart of the music and so i had this kind of idea that we that included some uh genuine kind of motivic development and with the allegro assai i'm talking about and some mm. some uh imitation and stuff to where i'd never really heard before when people do a version of that they kind of put the obvious note in kind of hope for the best and, uh, <laughs> but but i had this kind of thing which is difficult is oh i can play this note yeah <laughs> yeah right so there's this kind of development with it to where when you do it for the a section it's like you have to do it on the b sure. section as well you know sure. so, so these things have to kind of work and they have to occur and so that developed and, and then what was cool is i was actually listening to i think it's in the second uh Brandenburg concerto, the kind mm. of tr the trumpet one, and it has an allegro aside too. Yeah. And the tempo that I'd kind of given it was exactly wow. the same as most yeah. conductors use for that. Yeah, yeah. It's the one where it's like and so it was like yeah. and so it was just very ebullient and yeah. effusive and joyous yeah. and and, and in so order to get locomotion there yeah to get that effect yeah. it had to actually you have to slow it down from the insane because things naturally speed up you know yeah Arowitz plays it a certain way and then sure. richter has to play you know and it gets faster yeah. and faster um <laughs> So it has to be this, uh, you have to find the, the inner spirit of the piece, I yeah, guess, yeah. Um, hopefully. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy the way that turned out as yeah, much as great. the Chacon and stuff. And then really the Adagio good. was a wee bit weird because it's so kind of strange yeah. um, harmonically. It has a lot of diminished harmonies mm -hmm. and it's very... Um, it's just a very strange piece of music. Um, yeah. So I didn't really have a solution to that. And I'd messed around with some ideas, but then I discovered, it seemed like kind of fate, that um, the Bach himself had actually arranged that one movement himself. You know, so it was one of these things where I heard the Netherlands Bach Society you know, puts out the complete recordings of Bach, yeah. you know, one at a time. And there was a keyboardist. Keyboard you know, this, this, yeah, yeah, there was this harpsichordist, and he was he was like, "This is my favorite Bach piece," you uh -huh. know. 
and and it was just this strange arrangement of it yeah but it was like completely um it was so much expanded yeah it was insanely expanded to where there was almost huh. like this whole other cello prelude okay ac- accompaniment yeah and it but in the way he played it was a bit, it was a bit strange it was a bit like a I don't know he because he had the dotted rhythms along with the normal rhythm so it was a bit I don't know harpsichords do some strange agogic things <laughs> you know no no harm to them but you know right guess well, they when, don't have dynamics they have to I guess they, yeah you have to <laughs> you have to be expressive exactly and I totally understand that you have to be expressive in, in any way you can but yeah so my interpretation I guess my interpretation of it agogically is more like what the pianists have done to it. But I was so relieved to find a Bach had done something. So he arranged it in G major from C, you know, okay. down to G major within yeah. the tessitura of the keyboard. And huh. so I, I just basically did my best to uh, arrange it. You know, it's a lot of notes. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily what Bach would have thought of but but it's got this bigness and strangeness that 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 is an arrangement of his arrangement right and I just put it back in C major um so it's when you hear that it was also kind of a a bit of a Rosetta stone of confidence you know like we a wee wee wink from the man himself that was just like yeah I I would do this I would right yeah like he was like yeah go for it Alan you know haters gonna hit (laughs) what is it hit the player don't hit the game i don't know i I think i think you can also like look at examples of of that attitude in 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 box life i mean well he he was was also like he was not without without criticism in the way that he oh he yeah exactly exactly and you know there's all kinds of things like that carl where like his um well, and even his one of his students, which I wrote in the foreword or, that Stanley um, knew about, and we found the actual reference and mm-hmm. stuff. He wrote that the Bach throughout his life would play the solo violin music, adding whatever harmony occurred right. to him that seemed yeah, appropriate. Yeah. So I imagine Bach. Well, why wouldn't he? Probably, I mean, yeah. Bach probably <laughs> could have improvised a thousand different chacones, right. you know, and added different things every time. Yeah. And it would have been well within his powers to do that, depending Absolutely. on his mood, yeah. you know. And so it's it's not so much like of finding the right thing or yes. the. It, it's just like yes. it's like a thing that is creative right. and is beautiful, yep. and and it's and I'm kind of like my attitude's more like well, it's like well, let me. I'd love to hear your chaconne, you know. Right. I I would have loved to hear like Chopin's chaconne. You know, he was right. obsessed with Bach, and yeah, he had yeah. internalized perhaps nearly all of the available Bach music. Beethoven had internalized all of the well-tempered clavier stuff since he was 11. Yeah. So um, I would have loved to hear, you know, because Schumann and Mendelssohn and uh, Brahms kind of wimped out and did his like one-handed version, which is a bit bit lame. Um, But... But you know, can you imagine hearing Schubert's Chaconne or right. Chopin's Chaconne sure. or yeah. Rachmaninoff yeah. did some things with the E major partita and yeah. stuff? And so it's more just like this invitation towards Stanley often says that Bach is so kind of absolute and good. You know, you can even play it badly and it sounds right. awesome. And the, the music still shines through. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. play it in That's the true. wrong yeah. style, you yep. can play it. And so I love all that oh, stuff. I, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard anything like that. 
<laughs> right, exactly. So, so when I hear, you know, I, I'm I'm not like a card carrying authenticist or whatever, but I do like I do like the uh, I do like that kind of baroque sound. Like I I like sure. that kind of sound of the the uh, the gallery. There's, there's a transparency that that allows the counterpoint to really be heard, you know. And I think sure. I think if if, if we play it. With this, I mean, we we can't help but not to approach it as you know a, a, a modernist person living in a modern world. Exactly. Right? But and, and you might do all those things. You might do all the right things, quote unquote, that are historically, yeah. you know, and it might be wrong. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so that's right. very yeah. modern. You've just done right. something very, I guess, postmodern or something <laughs> that that is, I mean, is 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 as wrong as you know somebody like Heifetz or. Sure. You know, Segovia, yeah. do, you know, you might find out later. It's like, oh yeah, they used to vibrato the shit out of yeah. things, you know, on the loot. Yeah. And you don't Who know knows? exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so we we know though it's vocal music and it's from the kind of yeah. Lutheran choral tradition, and, and that's very clear. But um, so yeah, you have to sing things, and yeah. But in turn, you know, and I also have this kind of argument. I don't know if you have these argumentations yourself, but <laughs> when I don't know. There's there is a kind of a recent tendency in that world, in the authentic card carrying authenticist world, <laughs> of like just going kind of bananas with the the rubato on yeah. these things. Like everything's like this re recitative fantasy. Right, 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 right. And right, and right, I do yeah. have a problem with that being like the norm, only for this reason, Carl, because um, not in the sense of that there can't be a pulse and stuff, but. Sure. But just, I, I can't believe that there would be two types of playing music, music that is only can be possibly done when you're alone yeah. and music that is impossible to do it like that if right, you're with right. other players. Right. Sure. Sure. Because yeah. of the, hard, the, the complete swallow, yeah. lack of ictus. So, <laughs> so I would have to just on a lot, a logical sense, I was like, Oh, so this is the right way to do things. And then you couldn't do this even with one other person, you know, really, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, let alone it be That's norm an excellent point. normal, really you know, so, point. so there's some somewhere, but you and know, it doesn't mean something has to be slavish in terms no. of, you know, being mechanical. And some things are in, yeah, some things are right. in a fantasy style and, yeah. and that is like the, you know, and they should be done like that. Yeah. But like with that cello prelude, like, I don't, I don't, I hear that as a very confident, that the, the uh, motif of it is a rhythmic motif. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Dun, there's, 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 there's integrity, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. It has. That's what it is. It's kind yeah. of. It's it's a basic little uh, mordant of, yeah. of harmony, yeah. harmon, You know, a mordantized harmony that has yeah. a rhythmic drive, and then the rhythm is brought in right at the end. Mm -hmm. dun, 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 you know. Um, right at the very end and so i just kind of plugged that into the bs and and extrapolated from that but so but that's my own personal thing and i might be wrong you know yeah People are probably listening well you know I, I think i think you have to kind of like look at you have your own conscience and your own kind what, of thing what the structure is yeah. saying right you know and, exactly and, yeah and if you're dealing with the primary elements of of melody and harmony and, and rhythm yeah. yeah you know 
which one's speaking, right? Which would exactly, which, exactly. And, and, and there, how are the others a... supporting that? You sure, know, and, sure. and you can't, you, I don't think, especially in this music, you can't, you can't discard any one of those three as a major consideration at any point. Like you can't, you, you can't exactly. just say, well, you know what? I'm really into what's happening with the harmony here. So I'm just going to like, yeah the, the, yeah, the rhythmic integrity doesn't matter because I think they all work together sure. to support that thing. And, 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 and I think that's part of the, the genius in that music is the way that Bach was able to do that, you know, and, and address yeah. those things with such power, you know? Um, yeah. And it's just it, kind of unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't discount that. You can't, if you're not, if you're not answering to the, to those, those things in a really serious way, you're probably not playing something that that's very satisfactory, you know. <laughs> right, right, and and obviously it depends on the type of piece of music. There's there's definitely yeah. certain pieces that are more of that kind of improvisatory fantasy style. Yeah. Some pieces sure. they're even unmeasured, like we right. see a lot in Vice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That you, you should play it like that, or it's kind of wrong in a way. You know, these kind yeah. of arpeggios that are yeah. that are felt out and. And so I think it's just kind of finding sometimes when it's something is labeled as a prelude, it, it can really be like, you know, six different things, you know? Yeah. 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 And we see yeah. that with the well-tempered clavier, you know, where Certainly. some, some of them are very pastoral, some of them are very, you know, pattern based ones, like the ones right. I recorded and, and some of them are, you know, more recitative type things. So you have yeah. to, you know, play the ball where it lies. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah. So, so that uh, is, is it the second, second prelude, the one that it's gotten all the attention on, on the social media and everything. Uh, oh, the, the, the T minor one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That's a great I, I, arrangement. That is, it's very cool. It's very, yeah, very I had cool. those. Um, yeah. I had this idea. I was actually one. I, I thought it would always be like a cool duet, which it probably yeah. would be. But um, a lot easier to play. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I was kind of towards the end of the project, Carl, and I had um, I actually wrote that. I had this very talented wee student, Eva Pendley, you know, who's a really, you know, I've taught her since she was about, you know, 11 or 12 and stuff. Yeah. And she was thinking about doing some competitions and stuff. And I actually arranged that kind of you know, with her in mind to like do oh. something that we'd like she could use, you know, yeah, yeah, in comp in, as a tool. In comp and I was like, oh, I wonder how I could do this, you know, and I just kind of saw it, you know, when you find things, you have to see the key. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just like a Rubik's cube, it kind of like, oh, this, I could do this, right, you know, in this key. So I just kind of was like, oh, I could kind of do this. And you have to, because it's, you have to play 16th notes with your thumb. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. So you almost have to kind of <laughs> bounce like a pianist, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 you know, and kind of have this rhythm to it. And so I arranged it and, and I was like, I was like, can you, can you think you could play that? You know, so I gave her, <laughs> I gave her the, the music and then she just kind of played it. Oh, you know, amazing. Came back and I was like, and I was like, okay, now we'll really have to do this fingering <laughs> properly, you know, because she was just kind of like grabbing everything. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then when I did that one, I, I saw how to be able to do the C major one as well. Yeah. Which you'll see if you get the arrangement, how it's actually kind of easy to play, but 
I, I always loved that, you know, Christopher Parkening course, record yeah. when I was a kid. I was like, he was one of my heroes. Um, and he, that, you know, I love that, the way he would play these unusual pieces like that, like the Debussy and then that first right. prelude from the Well-Tempered Clavier. But then when I heard the actual piece, you know, I was like, well, this piece really starts out in this ballerina, you know, kind of music box way yeah mm -hmm. and it slowly goes down through the the whole tessitura of the keyboard down to this yeah. very low area right and that's kind of the journey of the piece you know yeah. yeah so i was like well how do you do that you can't just play a c chord up there you know so <laughs> so i i kind of saw a way that you could do it within a certain key um and then it kind of follows through with it all the way through so and, you, and you're using standard tuning for that stuff too right yeah yeah that's yeah. all standard yeah. tuning um yeah. yeah in fact the whole um yeah the whole record is just yeah i i put the kappa on the second fret okay. on those two preludes so it's kind of in baroque c major baroque oh, uh, okay. c minor yeah, yeah i'm not actually playing it with c minor <laughs> configurations <laughs> that would be insane yeah um and so, yeah. And what was funny about so with is the, it with, does it play like it's an A minor then? And no, well, yeah, in that kind yeah. of configuration, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. But then with the second capo on the second fret, you can reach things um, a little right. easier. And I like I just like the sound better. It kind of is, yeah. becomes kind of a baroque instrument. I yeah. think the guitar it excites some of the harmonics in a weird way. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. what I find what was weird I, when I'd done the chaconne, um, I. I guess, you know, you, the YouTube algorithm speaks to you, you know, and, you know, you get certain things when you've been listening to things. Yeah. And I, I had originally done the Chacon just in E minor with no cap yeah. and I put the cap on. I was like, oh, this sounds really like right. Yeah. Without thinking that it's kind of like the Baroque G minor, you know, like oh, okay, St. Sure. John's Passion. Yeah. It's a very popular Baroque key because of the, right. the violin uh -huh. is, it has the G chord and yeah. the two lowest strings. But um, what happened was I, I stumbled upon this Gustav Leonhardt live recording of his Chaconne, which is kind of crazy too. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you haven't listened to that, you should check it out. It's just like very fully realized. You yeah. Know? And he's obviously absorbed Bach. You know, he's probably the closest thing to Bach himself. Um, so he did this kind of personal arrangement of it that was published I guess against his own wishes, his wife oh, published really? it. Oh my god! Yeah, he he had he had he had kind of he obviously has a bit more appropriate re reverence perhaps than I do, um, <laughs> but I'm very glad. But because harpsichordists yeah. are playing his arrangement of Jacone, and it sounds so much. It sounds awesome. It sounds yeah. really cool. I love it as well. You know, and he um, anyway, I heard that and I was like, oh, that's in the same key that I'm doing it. Oh my gosh. And so so he's doing it in G minor wow. with the Baroque, the Baroque Dyna step. And it just sure. kind of was like, oh, this is the same sound. This is wow. the same. Oh, very pitch. cool. So that was yeah. like a cool wee um affirmation, I guess. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. the universe sends you these little that's funny, you know, yeah, signs that's or whatever. Cool. So yeah, yeah, that's that's all part of this the yeah. the journey, you know. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, it's, it, the, the, like you said, you know, the, the, the resonance and, and you know, I think you said the, you know, the, the way that it excites the harmonics, you know, it's, it, and I actually, it's funny because I was like, 
what the hell key is he playing this in? I know. <laughs> you know and I, 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 and I had to. Well, I, I play to, everything I to, in F sharp minor. I had to pick up the guitar know? and go like, this, you know. <laughs> well, you know, and sometimes yeah. the guitar. That some pieces we you know i think that's one of the shortcomings of perhaps some of our arranging mindsets is that we see uh music or see the written music and we automatically uh just defer to playing everything an octave lower right. which can be yeah. a wee bit in, in the doldrums you know for yeah. the guitar oh yeah you know, yeah. and it sounds a bit, you know, the lower the notes are, the more well, it's, it's complex yeah, they are. When, when I mentioned to you, when I said to you that you're playing it up, you know, up an octave, and you said, no, I'm playing it in the correct octave. I'm playing in the original octave. It's like, right, exactly. Like, yeah, of course, yes, you know. Yeah, but, so yeah, if you play enough, uh, I, I do just a lot of playing. I read through a lot of piano music and yeah. see those scores. Yeah. And what's funny, Carl, too, is like, you know, a lot of it, these arrangements, you know, Stanley had, he's done this really cool publishing thing with it where he, a lot of it, he puts in double staff where it's like two yeah. G clefs. Yep. So you yeah. can actually fit the fingerings in and stuff and it's not yeah, yeah. horrible to look at. So it's very beautiful to see. But if you think about the guitar and you think about the grand staff, the guitar right. fits perfectly into yeah. the grand staff. Absolutely. Like yeah. the 12th fret E is just yeah. the highest top, space, top space on yeah. the treble. And then yeah. the low E string is just yeah. one ledger line right yeah. below the yeah. low stuff. So it's kind of insane yeah. that we use the, yeah. the reading method that we do when right. it fits so perfectly. Um, so when I, he, when I see the piano music and you have to almost learn to translate, it's like learning mm -hmm. another language um, to where you quickly translate. So when I see that, that e up there on that the top of the treble clef i i hear the, the 12th fret the actual yeah. note so right um and then you know they're gonna think the guitar is a little bit in between too like if you went all the way up the piano is very tinkly up there and it just suits yeah. the piano sound obviously we couldn't even play a lot of the right. stuff unless you had like your ibanez 24 right. fret thank <laughs> you um, but but it's almost like it seems right to bring it like Bach did himself to bring things uh, down like a fifth or a fourth, mm -hmm. like he did with um, at least from the violin stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a finding the right tessitura is difficult, yeah. but I, but I think with the Chacon, I guess I, the only deliberate mindset that I had was to not have that kind of bombastic, you know, like it's some kind of Brahms piece, you know, yeah, play exactly. like, dong, yeah. dong, dong, right. dong, right. you know, yeah. And, and I right. always heard, yeah, you heard of this kind of a very delicate piece, you know, and Stanley yeah. did too. So it was kind yeah. of a, a confirmation, you know, to start very quietly, like yeah. in this kind of ephemeral lute, you know, yeah. ancient way, like a harp, you know, like yeah. it's, a, it starts in a place of despondency, you know, right. and uh, out of necessity, just um, and then it grows because if you start with that bombastic, well, how do you grow it? You know? Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's when you start with everything, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly <laughs> of just this, you know, um, it's like the compressor's been put on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's that element to where um, you're trying to find the guitar's voice. Like, what is a guitar? You know, yeah. what, what is the guitar, the, the eternal guitar? What is it? Yeah. And yeah. the answer is, is that it's an E minor chord. 
right you know <laughs> of course yeah, yeah you know so yeah. that's that's the um i think that's kind of obvious when you think yeah. of that great that great via lobos prelude and stuff you know of course he, yeah. he's like well this is what the guitar is you know right look one why finger it's like look yeah. look mom one finger done <laughs> and it's awesome right it's like yeah. it's the most idiomatic yeah. you play that for another classical musician and they're like yeah. oh that's incredible that's so beautiful right. and I it's wish I could do that on my instrument yeah now. exactly <laughs> right and that's what they're doing you know a lot of times they're doing things that are yeah like all of chopin just is from right. the hands you know and yeah yeah and these all of these great composers were great virtuoso pianists so yeah, you have to make it a guitar piece, you know, and, yeah, and do the things that we can do on the guitar. Sure. Like the hardest thing to do on the piano is to play quietly. Right. Right. <laughs> and repeated notes are the hardest right. things too. So yeah, it's like, yeah. got it, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. the guitar. <laughs> so I like to think like different strings. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're always thinking like, how can we make guitars yeah. louder and, and yeah. add these double tops and, you know, which, I don't know, sometimes sound a bit like a piezo a steel string guitar yeah, to me or something, yeah, you know, these, yeah. um, but to, I like, they're loud. I'll give them that, you know, that's, they're loud. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's like, um, it's a wee bit like thinking with the guitar, not so much like we can't play very loud, but it's like, yeah. nobody can play as quiet as the guitar. Right. And that's okay. I think, and, I think and, that's and that, no, as, like, as in like we need, something you're proud of. Yeah. Let's, like, let's, like, yeah. We, you know, because a lot of times you're playing in places where you have a microphone anyway. Sure, sure. And or if you're in a nice intimate space where most yeah. concerts throughout history have been in like a small living room. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Where perhaps it should be. Yeah. Um, then you can be like, how quietly can I play? You know? Yeah. I always remember Stanley playing that rock piece. I forget which I think it was that Czech fairy tales, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he did this part where he's like rubbing on the strings, yeah, you know, yeah, and he, he, like, and it was yeah, the most yeah. magical thing. Yeah, like, completely engaging. Yeah. Or Segovia, yeah. I heard tell tale that he would before he started playing his recitals, he would do this kind of fake pluck, <laughs> you know, and then he would do it again, and and the noise, the general mean of the crowd noise would go down go down and yeah. so he would do this like two or three times before he actually started playing because people were like i didn't hear anything and I did, right, and so they right. would just shut up you know and all the werther's caramels yeah. would away, you know yeah and uh, interesting yeah yeah so i think we have to think like instead of like oh the guitar is so quiet you have to be like no one can play as quiet as the guitar yeah, absolutely it's so yeah. it's so it's like intimate yeah maybe yeah. the most intimate voice you know so yeah. so that's what we have i think we have those things to our benefit where um, yeah you know you know and yeah. it's like oh the guitar is this guitar is so loud it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what is the sound like you know yeah. <laughs> i don't get like, that what, what, what john holmquist used to say that uh like big and ugly often go together <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly and i won't mention any instruments because i don't want to get you know put in time out but you know and i and i i love that guy john holmquist too yeah. i remember i played um he played a concert in appalachian when i was a student okay 
Yeah, yeah. And I played like one of my own little pieces and stuff in, in a composer's concert. And he was really like cool about it. And he yeah. like, you know, he, he talked about it during his concert and everything. And oh, then I had a fantastic. lesson with him. Yeah, I had a lesson with him over at the uh, motel he was staying at. Yeah. And it was I remember everything about the lesson. Yeah. And he was really cool and hung out, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was very like encouraging, telling me stories about, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was everything <laughs> yeah he was just a very like i i, I was humble guy be, you know to be another ambassador of the infinite there was Ops, you know yeah un, for un, sure unbelievable channeling of whatever was going yeah, on inside, yeah yeah you know yeah he was very very cool guy and a great player that he played yeah. the uh, ponce you know folias oh yeah <laughs> variations yeah. and it was just like it was just yeah, so like was, immense and just perfect and yeah life-changing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah very very cool so so the recording is out people can go get it now is it yeah the the yeah. if you just look up a-l-a-n-m-e-a-r-n-s merns um it's out on all the streaming things um okay are you still, doing hard copy as well yeah there's a cd um you can get which is very beautiful um it's it turned out really nice um yeah looks great you can yeah. get it from the uh, website alanmerns.com okay me you know me and carrie will send you one right. so i'll even sign it but it'll be worth a lot less if i sign it you know yeah <laughs> immediately black pen it'll yeah it'll depreciate in value <laughs> i'll sign, <laughs> sign it in invisible ink <laughs> but um yeah so yeah it's did you, know, some, did you did you do the cover is it, it were you inspired by spinal tap at all <laughs> none more black it can it can be none more black none more black <laughs> so i think i think it's depressing <laughs> <laughs> well black is in yeah you, right. you can kind of see yourself in it no i guess i guess i was it's kind of like a, a caravaggio type yeah, you know, it was, it obviously was like he's the Yeah, he's the he's yeah, the most yeah. famous kind of, yeah. perhaps the most competent, um, span. You know that kind of dark Spanish Baroque. Yeah, there's yeah. a Baroque uh, element to obviously Caravaggio is not Spanish, but yeah, there's there's a strain there's yeah. a strain of the Baroque, which is a little phantasmagorical uh -huh. in yep. Sp from Spain. And so I've always loved Caravaggio's and stuff. So yeah. I just kind of took the photograph, perhaps with that in mind. Yeah, you know? very cool. And uh, yeah. And, you, and you're going to publish, you publish in the, the arrangements as well. You, yeah, the Stanley's publishing it. Yeah, through the uh, yeah classical guitar studies. Yeah, awesome. He's, he's just been like such an amazing encourager and yeah. kind of midwifed this whole project you know and, yeah and, uh, did, did he did, did he do the typesetting on that or yeah he, yeah he's yeah. he's done all Amazing. the typesetting wow. which is just looks so beautiful it's like what a tremendous and he's actually too. i think yeah. he's won awards for his oh, typesetting yeah. Yeah. you know he's and he thinks of every little thing you yeah. know he's so his templates he could, he could sell his templates for a oh for sure he wanted to, you know he's a when you see him doing the typesetting you understand why he's such a great guitar player yep because yeah. every detail is mm -hmm. it's just like you know has to be perfect yeah i find that i would describe everything he does that way is it is it's, it's just the way he is he's just meticulous he's just like uh yeah there's no 
there's no shortcuts with that guy. Right. Yeah. And every time I bring something to show him, you know, he, you know, I always say like, he'll, you know, you'll always be your teacher will always be your teacher. Cause he's, he, they're always growing like you're growing and you'll find things that um, you didn't think of, you know, so I'll bring a piece to him I'm working on and uh, he'll always find some little detail yeah. that is like, well, you could do this or the, you know, or I would do it like this. So I always, um, it's always Christmas, you know, when I go up and visit, <laughs> when I go and visit him and, and I'm like, all right, yeah, show me something like, what are you, you know, like what are you thinking? And, you know, and he, and he has this amazing, you know, arrangement of, you yeah. know, like he's done, like he's arranged the Chopin ballad, the first ballad, right. yeah. which is insane when you see him play yeah. it too. And, uh, you know, so when he gets out his arrangements or he's got these handle water music, very, you know, yeah. it just sounds incredible. Yeah. And so <laughs> I always feel like, you know, when you were a kid and you wake up on the Saturday morning cartoons <laughs> with your cereal, and, you oh, know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. basically not school, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so when I'm hanging, when I'm hanging out with Stanley and we're uh, talking about Via Lobos or yeah. Albaneth and Bach and stuff, it's a bit like that's our that's yeah. me and his Saturday that's, morning that's cartoons, perfect. you know, that's perfect. Yeah. You're like fully yourself, it. you know? Yeah. 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 In that realm. <laughs> and so I'm always like showing him stuff, which you'd think you'd be nervous playing for. Yeah. And I am in, in some degree too, playing for someone this that's like this world-class yeah. virtuoso and stuff, but it's also like your friend, you know, and you're sure, trusting, sure. trusting his opinion yeah. and that he's completely secure in himself too. Yeah. You know, he's not like, he's not going to say something to you out of his own insecurity or right. he's just like very encouraging. And he's like, oh, what about this? And, and then it just makes it so much better, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely, I very much cherish that resource, you know? And uh, so in, in, when do you, when do you think, when do you think the arrangements are going to be available? For, oh, that, for I mean, get, by the yeah. time this recording gets put out, I'm sure they will be available. Okay. Yeah, Excellent. they'll be available yeah. on yeah, my through my website, alanmarns.com, okay. through Stanley's, stanleyates.com. I think yeah. there's the classical guitar studies to sure. all of those. If you just look up on Amazon, Easy Amazon, yeah. Alan Mearns, sure. Bach, you yeah. know, I'm just, cool. hopefully it'll we just have to resolve yeah. this and one is it, is it is the is the the publication exactly the the same pieces that are on the yeah it, it is except it, it doesn't yeah. have the um the first loot suite because oh, okay you know i was just messing around with the, the little <laughs> julian bream book you know i mean i did some crazy things with the i mean i mean there's ornamentation on the jig and yeah. uh which is a bit insane and there, and i did some little added some voices I, you know i get when i look back on it i was like yeah i guess a few years ago when i recorded that i was still that same idiot you know because because <laughs> there's like the the alamond and stuff it has all these yeah. its own voices yeah. but what i find actually yeah there's i mean it's not it's it's not it's not like beyond the pale or anything but but like you said the way this started with the prelude and stuff i guess i've it's the same contrarian person um, did that. <laughs> not like I want to be known for that or anything. I was just trying to do what sounds good to me, you know. But so that's not in it. That's just my like messing around with the Julian Breen yeah. version that I, my wee book was. 
and uh, yeah, so all of the other ones, the uh, and then the ones that have expansion in them, you know, the cello speed prelude, the uh, the chaconne, the uh, and then there's a choral prelude to Ikruf yeah. Zudir, which yeah. is my favorite one of the choral preludes. Yeah. It's like this kind of amazing piece of music. So, but all of the ones that include my own musical sins, you know like whatever i've added <laughs> you know they're kind of like box slash merns yeah out of for reason only that i want to be like warning like bach sure. didn't write some of this you know and sure sure, sure. might be clear to might be clear to the more <laughs> more scholarly people you should put on the cover warning listen to the recording <laughs> yeah. first <laughs> yeah parental discretion advised <laughs> so uh, it's like an m&m recording yeah so <laughs> <laughs> the ones that have expansion, um, Stanley generously, uh, he included like a comparison score, oh, which wow. is just like his uh, cello yeah, yeah. edition. Man. So you can follow along with the Chaconne and see all the things yeah. measure Fantastic. by measure what, what have been added or yeah. changed. And, uh, you know, do your own. If you don't right. like it, there you go. Do your own bloody Chaconne. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Tr truly in the spirit of the music. Right. Know? Exactly. Come on, um, you know? Why not? It's like an invitation to, uh, or just do it exactly how Bach wrote it, you know, whatever, right. whatever, whatever tickles your, you like. tickles your yeah. fancy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. So, so what, what do you do when you're not doing Bach? Uh, well, you know, I do, you know, in terms of the classical guitar. Well, yeah, I do. Um, otherwise, you know, well, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, yeah. I'm always doing things that that I'm, that I'm interested with. Like, so right now, I'm kind of working on simultaneously a. Uh, I'm I'm doing some compositions, you know, for certain people. Like, I was just. Well, that's right. I was I was texting yeah, you with. Sent, uh, you sent me that today. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was messaging uh, Alexei Viana, you know, the great uh -huh. Brazilian guitarist, you know. So yeah. I, he was right, asked me to write a piece for him. Oh, great. So I've known him since, you know, I was a wee, like 19 or 18 or whatever yeah. when he visited. And uh, so, and then I'm writing a piece for Marco Sartor. Oh, cool. Um, the... Uh, the Uruguayan guitarist. Uh -huh. I guess yeah, it's yeah. Uruguay, not Paraguay, right? I don't want to mix I that think up. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uruguay. yeah. Near Buenos Aires. He's from yeah. Montevideo. Okay. And a, a yeah. lovely guy, just like a, a beautiful guy, like very yeah. kind and smart. Um, so I'm writing him a piece that's based uh, off a of Borges kind of poem. I'm trying to write these kind of Borges poems pieces for him you know because we talked about borges the poet oh, the great yeah yeah argentinian short story writer and great poet very cool um, one who's kind of like you know like the picasso of right yeah. of, of writing of the 20th century who you know, people are either like whitmanian or and then there's this right. borgesian influence that's so <laughs> huge you know that even in your reaction to not doing it, you're kind of, he's in, still influencing you, you know, but you're like, Oh, I'm not going to write, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I'm a big fan of Borges's poetry. Yeah. And so we were talking about that and him being very, you know, Montevideo and Buenos Aires are kind of like twin yeah. cities, like Minneapolis sure. and Paul. 
apparently, even though I've never been there and I would love to go to <laughs> yeah. Buenos Aires. I've had this kind of... I think you. I think you need to go there now. I have this. I have this beautiful vision. Just because yeah. apparently it has cool air, Buenos yeah. Aires. Um, so I, anywhere that has cool air, I'm, I'm yeah. up for. So I'm writing him this piece, you know, called Dream Tigers. Okay. Which is the title of one of my favorite Borges books of poetry, and. Uh, you know, so doing that, I'm writing Stanley this piece, this kind of Irish piece, you right. know, because he kind of asked me to write something kind of Irish. So yeah. I'm trying to do that in the right way, you know, sure, it'll sure. be a little bit like maybe what Albanith is or Defaya is the Spanish stuff, but not in a corny way, you know. Right, right. I'm trying to do it in this way that's. Well, yeah. you, you might know a thing or two about being an authentic Irish person. Well, and, and some <laughs> some level, I mean, I'm not. I'm from Belfast in Northern Ireland, yeah. kind of from. It's a bit of a weird scenario because I was raised in kind of like the Protestant side of sure. Belfast and stuff. So, in in a way, that kind of traditional Irish music got co-opted as being purely nationalistic. Yeah, you know, like if you play traditional Irish music, you're like an IRA sympathizer. Yeah, you, you get shot. <laughs> so, so when you grow up, and you also grow up in Belfast, you always think yeah. wherever you grew up is a bit shite. You know, right. like you're sure. thinking like, oh, I want to live in America or I want to yeah. live in Spain or something. You know, yeah. and you don't think of the, how beautiful or cool. So. Yeah. In, in in Belfast, you know, you, you got, it's a weird thing that divide, you know, that you grew up with. It's part of your identity, obviously, yeah. but um, I actually didn't get in, into traditional Irish music until I came to America, in a way. Oh, like, hilarious. Which is a, which a weird thing, because I had this friend who was from uh, Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. which is a big kind of folk center. It's actually where Pete, yeah, Seeger, yeah. Pete yeah, yeah. Seeger got the bug for the fiddle music at this fiddle convention and changed the whole folk world after that. Yeah. So um, he, uh, he was into, he used to listen to the Thistle and Shamrock and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and which is funny because I actually met Fiona Ritchie recently, you know, Oh was, really? I was doing this Irish show and, and she's friends with this guy who did this amazing book, this guy, Douglas Orr. If you don't okay, have yeah, it, yeah. you have to get this book. It's called Wayfaring Strangers. Okay. Which is all about the Scots Irish coming down through Pennsylvania into the Appalachians and basically yeah. kind of fashioning this other American folk music that isn't sure. the blues, you know, and it's somehow it's linked to the blues in some ways too. But um, yeah, so I, you know, it, he put, he he had this uh, tape or something of Alton. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, what is, oh, what's that? You know, it's like amazing. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And he was just thinking, well, Alan's going to know all about this. But right. so it, it, was a, it was a weird kind of healing thing for me. Like part of this, sure. sometimes when, it's hard to describe, when you move to America, you'd think like, well, part of you becomes American in some yeah. degree. But in a lot of ways, that's also not true as well, yeah. because sometimes when you move somewhere, when you're fully developed as like a young adult, people just reinforce your Irishness, you know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. by, oh, this is the Irish guy or right, say right, right. something, Alan, right. say something, you know, and yeah. 
with your weird accent and, yeah. you, and, you, and you modify you're, you're your accent here are you yeah, yeah you, you, you kind of modify your accent so people actually understand you yeah. and you don't have to repeat yourself three times <laughs> is, so i mean yeah. this is probably like my american version right of my yeah. accent right now that i'm instinctively doing <laughs> so when i'm with my brother or with my dad yeah. or friends from back home it'll come a little bit yeah i wouldn't be able to bro. understand you for sure Probably, yeah some things <laughs> might be said a little quicker or something yeah yeah so um yeah so i had this lovely uh you know coming back to that in america you know because it, it, it usually takes away the the kind of the political yeah kind of problem of, yeah, of yeah. that and and you just sometimes you know that's just been my experience is getting away from the troubles and uh yeah. in belfast you, you actually are able to get in touch with your actual ulster heritage yeah. which obviously has nothing to do with nationalism or right. british unionism you know your right. your your irish identity you know it's even if you're in a place exactly you know, so yeah. so if i meet a catholic from down the road like i have done yeah over here in america we have everything in common like right. everything how we talk yeah. where we used to buy our groceries right what was on the tv the football matches that you watch sure. so we have yeah. everything in common um and basically nothing not in common so yeah it's a weird yeah. healing process the, the kind of sure. i have my own kind of peace process over here in uh, america yeah. to where and and then you find out things about the actual history now when you look into actual history yeah. even belfast history and northern irish history it's always more nuanced and unusual sure. than you think so a lot of like the the actual encouragers and progenitors of the traditional irish various revivals actually happened in belfast yeah. by presbyterians and stuff right. <laughs> and and a, and a lot of the a lot of the irish uh heroes of like for instance the 1798 rebellion yeah. the united irish men a lot of the heroes of that and the instigators of that were protestants the from the north yeah. who had been educated from the enlightenment edinburgh and stuff yeah. and brought in these ideals of the rights of man and mm -hmm. and all that stuff you know so like william drennan wolf tone you yeah, know yeah, yeah. He, these guys were presbyterians you know yeah. in the church of ireland and right, uh, right. henry joy mccracken so you, you kind of start to learn things and then there's also a friend another weird happenstance happened too with um my great friend and poetic mentor this guy adrian rice who's who was actually a very uh prominent ulster poet and from that kind of dissenting tradition that third yeah. way yeah, he yeah. um he actually moved to hickory north carolina the really? same time i did oh my gosh much. yeah which huh. so he um that, that's one of these amazing fateful things that that was just has been a real source of joy and he's the guy i do irish music with so he yeah. came over as a uh he won this bursary award from Belfast to uh, huh. teach in America, you know, yeah. for like six months or something. 
he applied for it and and he so he's thinking like oh i'm going to harvard or i'm going to you know berkeley like seamus heaney did and i'm gonna have this big holiday in san francisco and become really famous and, and, he, and he gets and he goes to lenore ryan university in hickory you know and they, no, they have like this big they have this very famous writer series and in, in lenore ryan so it's it, it does have like a, a literary center to it but so he goes there and and that, and i uh the story goes a wee bit like this i mean i think my wife had had she's an esl teacher and i think they had come to her, her class to do a bit of drama and poetry or something so i was vaguely aware that there's this like guy from belfast here as well you know and i was in the barnes and noble <laughs> and i was going into the bargain section you know where they have all the, like the ten dollar five dollar books yeah. And I heard this guy talking, you know, and he was like mumbling away with this kind of Belfast accent. So yeah. I had my wee daughter in my arms. She was about one, I think, then yeah. or two. And I was like, I leaned over to him. And I was like, that's a Belfast accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like this threatening Liam Neeson phone call. And and Adrian has this like really deep voice. To he was like, so's that. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And so, so we just started talking, you know, and uh, eventually started doing traditional, or you know, yeah. a version of traditional Irish music. Yeah, we do. It's a bit. It's a bit. I apply the same kind of creativity to the to the Irish music as I do the sure. other stuff. Sure. So he's he actually played um, in an Irish band, you know, during his university times. Um. And so it was something that had been missing from his life for a wee while. And so we ended up, he plays a mandolin and we yeah. play together called the Belfast Boys. Yeah. So, and, uh, so that's a real halfway, that's, halfway across the world to. to oh, I know. And, and it's not, <laughs> and it's not like he's, uh, you know, he's like my kind of poetic mentor, yeah. a bit like Stanley is with the guitar. You know, Adrian would be that for me with poetry. You know, I kind of go through him. Because if it survives his criticism <laughs> and his kind of uh, his attention, he'll tell you whether it's a poem or not, you know, and yeah, then, you know, it's doesn't matter what other people say. You know, sure, that's what sure. I'm like with my guitar stuff. It's like if yeah, Stanley yeah. likes it, it's like <laughs> if you don't like it, I it's like I don't give I don't care. Because you're not as good as Stanley. Right. <laughs> so that's Stan just the way it Stan is, you know. Stanley Yates stamp yeah. yeah. So Adrian's a wee bit like that with the poetry, you know. So he's yeah. he's a he's very encouraging and I, you know, and I'll help I'll edit some of his stuff. He'll send it to me as oh, cool. a as we have that kind of ongoing relationship where we live in that whole world which is its yeah. own world just like the guitar or music sure, is that, that exists of its own so we play uh you know when we play it's very comforting you know and he's from this you know a very interesting kind of mixed background he, he grew up in a very rough protestant neighborhood mm. And I got kind of folded away from the troubles as a kid because of my dad's kind of yeah. born again experience. You know, he turned, my dad became this from this really tough guy from like right near the shankle yeah. or you know, and Adrian comes from this place called Rathcool, which okay. is this notorious, you know, bastion of Protestantism. Yeah. But his dad um, found out that he was actually adopted from a Catholic family, wow. you know, 
And so oh, Adrian gosh. has this kind of mixed background, yeah. which is lovely, you know, and, and yeah. he, Adrian had this kind of, he was folded upwards also away yeah. from that dead end dialectic, um, kind of through poetry in a funny way, you know, yeah. so he was, uh, he had this inspirational teacher yeah. that just kind of, uh, read, uh, or he just, he just cited, uh, John Keats's Ode to a Nightingale yeah. from memory and, Oh my gosh. And the Adrian was like, what the hell was that? It was, ama- it was amazing. You know, it was like, it was like me hearing the Elliot Fisk recording, you know, it's like, I want that, whatever that was, give me some more of yeah. that, please. And uh, so he, he kind of uh, just became a, this poet eventually, you know, and he's yeah. done this great work. And then for him to end up in Hickory, which is really bizarre. And it's not like you would just become friends with just anybody just because they're from Belfast. It doesn't sure, mean, sure. I mean, there's all kinds of wankers back there. You know? And it's like, you know, I, I might just be just as isolated and, you know, hermetic sure. if, if I was back there, you know. So it's very weird that you get someone where you actually totally sure. click with them, you know, yeah, on yeah. a... Um, on a very inspirational way. So we're kind of in this brothers and art in a way yeah, in this that's place. Cool. That's, that's not very cool. It's not, it's not a place that there's a lot to do necessarily. I mean, it's yeah. a nice wee place to live, but you get a lot of work done when you're yeah. in a place like this. I always think if I was, if I lived in New York or something, it, you know, it would be very easy to be distracted, you know, from yeah. doing the real work, which right. is an, an inner thing, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah the the real work is is done when you know when you're bored and you're <laughs> how you pro even joseph brodsky has this great essay about embracing yeah. boredom yeah 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 great nobel prize winner joseph brodsky and he's like yeah, consider you're, 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 you're always running you know you don't you know yeah yeah you have to have time you, know? you have to have time and you have to have time to think and time to reflect yeah. and be inspired you know right. go inside that's what we bring as artists yeah. into the world is is something from the inner life and something that hopefully transcends the yeah. the uh the rat race and the, all the noise you know and something hopefully that's true yeah and uh and it's to do with these deeper things like love and like beauty yeah that are that should be the centrifugal turning points of our lives you know so it's kind of our responsibility i think is to is to be is yeah. to not be too active and to be listening and to be inspired and so but i have that too it's lucky i have my family around me too yeah sometimes it's easier for me to work with them around you know sure it's the right kind of silence you know yeah it's not yeah um so if I find myself alone, I'm more likely to just watch binge watch an entire <laughs> season of some stupid Netflix thing or something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I don't even want to watch. But yeah. um, <laughs> so it's difference between being alone and being lonely. lonely right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's another interesting thing about Bach, actually, when we're going back and you're talking about Bach's nature and who yeah. you, and perhaps his openness. If you consider this about Bach, Think about his three eldest sons, right? You have William Friedman, Wilhelm Friedman, yeah. uh, Carl Philip, Carl, who you were named after, yeah. Carl Philip Manuel. 
and then Johann Christian Bach, the English Bach, yeah. who yeah. taught Mozart and a few lessons, apparently. When you think about those three composers are completely different yeah. in their style. Yeah. And completely enigmatic too. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. especially uh the firstborn William yeah. Friedman Bach. Yeah. His music almost sounds like Chopin or something. Yeah. It's, it's like very, yeah. very beautiful and strange and ex highly yeah. expressive. And then some of uh Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach's yeah. music is some of it's almost like a pre, you know, forerunner of the kind of classical style. It's in that oh, galant course, yeah. style working for yeah. Frederick great or whatever but um yeah. but some of it's very fantastical and strange yeah. and so you think of the, that, those were Bach's sons right he he must have been very kind of like oh cool you know yeah like, oh, you, very, it makes you wonder yeah like, he, yeah he yeah. wasn't some kind of uh dictator or some kind of right. pedant, pedantic autocrat yeah. you yeah, know that's a good point yeah he was he was yeah. always interested and always you know expressing different right. styles and and very he's almost kind of like this precursor to a european to yeah. you know when you think yeah. about him like sure. absor absorbing all of these different um styles and not, never really traveling very far from home right you know? right but um getting you, know, you can imagine him getting very excited about hearing vivaldi or handel and uh, responding to it you know yeah yeah so anyway, and, and and searching it out, willfully searching it out, and absolutely, and making, yeah, making an effort to absorb making, it. And, exactly. Yeah. So there, there's well, that he, element too. He could have completely been ignorant of it, you know, and, and yeah, and, and also stay ignorant of it, yeah. and being just the 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 ultimate artist in the yeah. sense that he's doing it for its own sake, yeah, and he's doing it out of a um, a kind of internal imperative. Right. That this music yep. is is coming, and obviously all great composers did that. You know, sure. Mozart said, "I write music like a pig pisses," <laughs> which, which I don't, I don't think he meant to be, you know, well, maybe he meant to be a wee bit crude, but he, but he's basically just like, I need if I need to write music, yeah. I feel yeah, it coming, it you know, and it's gonna yeah. it's gonna happen, yeah. and I feel the pressure on the bladder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's there's there's an element to that you know that's true sure. we have our own artistic yeah. responsibilities to be true to what ourselves we need to do that is right. happening because so i believe yeah. that all true art it doesn't you know you don't decide to do it necessarily right. it, it occurs it occurs it's something right. occur like a real poem occurs yeah it happens yeah. and it's not something that you can just kind of pull out of your arse Right. And uh, and you can always tell when somebody's pulling something out of their arse because <laughs> it, it stinks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's anyway, <laughs> that's that. it's it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Alan, I, I think I think I think we've we've I think about, I think about we've enough. won the gamut here. Um, <laughs> Unless there's something else you think we should talk about, I really, really appreciate it, man. Like it's oh, been great, and uh, yeah. I, think the, I think the next time we should we should invite Dr. Yates along, and we should do it in person, and we should Absolutely. make a weekend of it somewhere. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. We'll go down. We'll go down to the pub. 
in Ireland, there's not much uh, need for therapists, you know, because you just go right. down to the pub. Exactly. Yeah. Talk, talk about <laughs> stuff. You know. well, it's, so, it's, you know. yeah, well, it's been a pleasure. And thanks for having me. Yeah, and good, best of luck. With it was the, good to the, meet the, you, the, you know, in person. Yeah, man. Too, you know, I enjoyed meeting all those Ohio guys. That was such a, a laugh, you know. It's yeah, nice to was... meet, I don't know, in the guitar world, you know, it's just nice to meet people that are like real people, you know, sure. that, are, sure. that aren't up their own arses, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's nice, nice to end on a, a negative. Yeah, I, I love it. It's fantastic. Pejorative yeah, note, it's, you know. It's good. But and, and we'll, it's we'll, refreshing. We have to do it again sometimes. Absolutely. So I think. I think. Yep. I think uh, we we you've got a lot to talk about, and uh, and I want to hear it, man. It's it's awesome. All right. Cool. Well, I appreciate so, it. Really, really good luck to you on on the recording and the, and the publication. I can't wait. Yeah. By the those. publication, my children yeah. need to eat. You know. Yep. I've got to buy them a potato. Got to buy them their potato. Their their daily. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a daughter going to college. Buy the by the uh, edition. Trust trust me. If I see you, if I see a photocopied version, I have a special set of skills. And I will find you. And I will kill you. Like, well, make sure you know. Make sure the publication has down on the bottom. Do not copyright or do not do not photocopy because oh. that prevents people from photocopying. I, I have a, it's on the bottom. It says, "Do not copyright." I will find you. I will kill you. <laughs> and you have to have that little uh, icon of the copy machine with the no parking hash oh, over it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, they'll they'll know. People are going to. It just has this. It, it just has this yeah. like little thing about with somebody getting their their knees done in there you go <laughs> it has a wee as we picture somebody getting shot in the kneecaps <laughs> no, fo- no fo- do you value your kneecaps no photocopying there'll be a knock on the door you'll be Don't lifted from, Belfast. You'll, you'll be lifted from your beds <laughs> as, he, as Adrian says you'll be lifted from your beds <laughs> fantastic awesome well, thank, All right. thank you so much Alan it, it, it's really been a pleasure and I'll be in touch alright all the best this is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Mm-hmm.